Hello, I'm Dave Brisky, and welcome to the fifth episode of Brisky Business. A uh, really, really exciting program today. And as you know, the strategy of, uh, of this program is to help you accelerate your business acumen and businesses. Uh, we're going to have a forum here each and every segment to offer tips and tidbits uh, to help you uh, understand the business process a little better. And we're going to do our level best to help you demystify the stock market. Uh, any questions you may have, this is your program. Uh, any topics you might want to discuss, just email them to me, please, at briskybusiness at ntvusa.com. And we'll weave you or your questions into one of the next segments. Uh, last segment, uh, we had Steve Wallach on the program and he did a fantastic job. I have an amazing guest that I'm excited to announce very soon. Remember, Brisky Business is broken down into four different segments. We got Brisk's Business Basics, Brisk's Buy or Bail, Brisk's Bulls and Bears, and my favorite segment, Brisk's Best and Brightest, which is all about mentorship. This program today, I'm bringing on a very, very dear friend of mine, someone who I have a ton of respect for. This woman has such an esteemed career. She's all around fun. You know her early days from Taxi. She's a renowned author. She's a Broadway star. She's been in 60 movies, a dancer, a choreographer. She's testified nine times in front of Congress, an unbelievable health advocate. Really, I could just go on and on, but it is my dear pleasure to welcome my friend Mary Lou Henner to Brisky Business. Mary Lou, welcome to the program. Oh, I'm so excited to be here with you, Dave. First of all, you know that you and your beautiful wife, Lisa Sunshine, you're like one of my best friends ever. And I just feel like every time I'm with you, I learn so much about the business and I watch how you operate and you are such a star. And I feel always so honored to be in your presence. And now that you have a show and you've invited me to share some of my business sense with uh, with your uh, you know listeners and watchers, I'm just so, I'm so thrilled. So thank you. I feel honored. Well, really. I'm thrilled to have it and you're embarrassing me. Uh, you're the star here. That's absolutely <laughs> Absolutely, for sure. So I always open up the show. I grab a quick cup of coffee. I'm going to toast you today. And uh, obviously, uh, we're in the coffee business. So you know, uh, coffee's near and dear to my heart. Okay, well, I'm having water. I hope that's okay. Yeah, water is good. Water is always good. So the it's first not segment... vodka, it's not sake, because I know that, you know, we can have those two. Sometimes. Yeah, there's nothing together. wrong with sake or vodka. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so we're going to start off with brisk business basics. So earlier shows, Mary Lou, we dug into the business plan, right? That's that mm -hmm. first step that everyone has. And uh, later show, then we covered the sales process. And But that business plan is such a key, key piece. And what I want to do is bring you back. Now you've got all this experience, right? But let's go back to the early days of Mary Lou Hanner, however far back that is, that set Thanks. you on path for your uh, career in show business, maybe, but maybe it didn't start off that way. So maybe that early memory of what got you on the path into your business world. Okay, well, first of all, I was very lucky to come from a family of six kids and two very entrepreneurial parents. My father was in the automobile business and was actually a troubleshooter for both the Ford Motor Company and Chevrolet and later Cadillac, in his, later in his life Cadillac. And he would be the kind of guy that would they would have him come to uh, maybe a dealership that wasn't doing as well. And because he became the manager and he'd come up with all these, like, you know, he'd have the Chicago Cubs there, because this was all in Chicago, or he'd have some kind of campaign or something 
to get the guys going. I really think part of my developing a good memory came from memorizing so many different phone numbers for my father's businesses because every six months he was changing jobs. The longest he ever stayed at one place was two years. So I, that was my dad. My mother ran a beauty shop out of our kitchen, a dancing school in our backyard. We had art classes going on upstairs because my uncle was the art teacher from the Catholic Grammar School next door. He also was the neighborhood astrologist and he had a cat hospital on the roof. So I grew up in a family where there were a lot of different businesses, a lot of activity. My mother would charge money for the people to come over to, to dance or to do their hair. So I knew I wanted to grow up and be a business person. I started at seven years old, believe it or not, being a babysitter and 50 cents an hour and all I could eat. And I would watch a two-year-old. And by 11, I had other girls in the neighborhood working for me, working some of my jobs and giving me a commission. So I was always a little bit of the creativity of my mother and the business acumen of my dad. Um, so I knew I wanted to be an actress and I knew that I had to see myself as a business because after all, it's show business. And I knew that I had to do certain things. You sort of follow a path, especially in the early careers. And my first jobs, I got my social security card at, at 14 and became a semi-professional actress and started doing theater around town. And that led to, you know, my doing the show Grease when I was very young because a friend of mine from community theater wrote the show and asked me to do it. Um, but show business is interesting because you, you are the commodity you're selling. You know, you're the one who has to be able to uh, get yourself in enough shape to sell whatever that means to you, whatever kind of characters you want to play. You have to become you have to become your own business. You know, and and it's not like you're taking out your wares when you go to see people. You're taking out yourself. So you first of all have to develop a very thick skin. But I knew that I wanted to be a professional actress. I knew I wanted to do that. I knew I wanted to write books. And so uh, the early stages were definitely doing whatever I jo job I did, doing it absolutely as well as I could. And uh, the first money I got paid was definitely as a babysitter in my neighborhood. And then at 14, I started teaching dancing lessons because when you were 14, my mother put you to work. You had a class, you had students and it was your money. So I've supported myself uh, since I was 14 years old. So we have a bunch of listeners that are a younger set. They're there. They're they're this new entrepreneur, right? They're thinking about launching in the business. And it sounds mm -hmm. to me like you just jumped in with both feet saying, you know what, I'll figure it out on the fly. Um, but right. tell me about. All right. So now you're 14. And as you progress, did there uh, um, end up with some more sophistication into your business planning process as you oh, as you got further along? Absolutely. Because, you know, you're always like thinking, well, how can I make this better? Should I charge more money? Should I do uh, private classes for someone and charge a little bit more? Do I need any more supplies? You know, I think it's such a fluid situation, especially in those early those those early experiences that you learn, you learn, you either grow or you die. So you have to constantly evaluate what is going on. How can I make it better? How can I improve you know, my uh, business sense and what I'm bringing to the party. You know, as a dance teacher, I was teaching little kids and young teenagers, but I was taking ballet and tap and jazz myself and singing lessons and acting classes and paying for them myself because my parents didn't have the money. My father died when I was in high school. So I had to do it on my own and I just had to have that 
you know, laser focus, that tunnel vision to say, if I'm going to be able to support myself as an actress and improve myself at the same time, I can't rely on anyone else to pay for it. So I better figure out something to do. So I always worked. I worked all of my summers in high school and college. And I taught dancing from September until the recital in June. So obviously you said that you were interested in becoming an actress, which is really cool because I think a lot of people at a young age, they really don't know what they're doing. But you were really into that whole scene, right? That, that was Absolutely. something you knew was right uh, and you were mm -hmm. brought up in it. And somehow you land this incredible sitcom that everyone obviously, I'm sure you get asked mm -hmm. about it all the time, which was in Taxi. But tell me about the process of getting that. I can't imagine that that was just somebody showed up and said, congratulations, you're hired. Oh. How did that happen? <laughs> No, absolutely not. Well, what happened was I was uh, I had done three Broadway shows. I did, you know, three Broadway shows and I was always singing and dancing and doing musicals. And I screen tested for a movie that brought me out to Los Angeles. It was a film opposite Richard Gere in a movie called Blood Brothers. So I landed that job and thought, do I want to stay? Do I want to go back to New York? And I thought, oh, I'll give it six months. So I started auditioning for things and I didn't get anything, but there was a casting director who really liked me by the name of Joel Thurm. And he brought me and he said, you're totally wrong for this part. They want a 35 year old Italian New Yorker. I was 25 at the time. And he said, and she's supposed to have a 16 year old daughter. And so, you know, that's, biologically impossible for you but there's something about you that reminds me of, I know you could hold your own with these guys so he kept bringing me in I was the only girl in the room that was anywhere near the age I was and they they liked me but they kept thinking well but is she really Elaine is she really Elaine you know now in the meantime I had a contract with a completely different network to do a show and um, they, they kept me from the other networks as a result of this contract. And they paid me every month while they looked for something for me. We, they offered me a part, but I was in Rio with my boyfriend at the time. And I said, I don't want to do this as part of my contract. I'll only do it as a guest star. There's a, a pilot called The Paper Chase. I came back because they said, you're doing it as a guest star. I thought, OK, I'll come back. And when they tested The Paper Chase, I tested higher than anybody else. But I had already honored my contract doing another pilot for them. So they said, well, we want her from Paper Chase, which was a great thing to say to the taxi people who were trying to figure out, do they want me? Do they not want me? They thought we like her. She's too young for the part of Elaine the way we envisioned it. Maybe we'll write something someday for her. And my, man, uh, my uh, agent said, no, she's going to leave you for Paper Chase. So you have to know your own worth. You know, I was like so scared. I thought, oh, I'm going to be out of both jobs. Can, what is, and they said, no, hold fast and hold firm. Know your worth and figure out what you really want to do. And I said, I really want to do taxi. And they said, okay, we're going to tell them that they're going to, they have to decide right now. Okay. So they did. And they said, okay, we love her. She and gets that launched, the job. And that launched a career. So this segment, we're going to do Brisks, Buy or Bail. And this is about the decision-making process. And it happens no matter what career path you're on or what business you're in. Every single day, you have to make decisions whether to go forward with something or bail on it. That's why I call it risks, buy, or bail. So I'm so fortunate, and you're so fortunate, that we have Mary Lou Henner with us, and she's gonna be with us the entire program. And we're gonna chat with her about her decision-making process when she does a buy or bail. Mary Lou, jump back on the program with me. 
So here we go. In your career, obviously, you've done a number of different things, different roles that you were going to take on, uh, even different sure. business opportunities. You've written books. You've done so many things. And in each one of those situations, I'm certain that you went through a process that helped lead you to a decision, whether to go forward with the project or to bail on it. Why don't you tell us first about what that process is for you and how you go about making those types of decisions? Well, it's really funny. You know, when you're younger, you tend to put all of your faith into the people who represent you or you put all of your faith into like, oh, I'm just so happy to be working. Let me just do this. And then you find yourself on a location or working with people that you never should have said yes to or a manager, like in my case, a manager early on in my career when I was on taxi and I was offered the opportunity to do something I had always wanted to do, and I'm still kicking myself that I didn't do it. I was offered three times to host Saturday Night Live early in my career, and my stupid manager at the time, he was like, no, 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 you should just, if you're just going to, you know, if you're only going to do television and it's just going to be taxi because we want you to do movies and everything else. And then you do movies and sometimes they don't work and the movie business is so crazy and different anyway. And how many movie stars have done Saturday Night Live? So he was very myopic in the way he thought and totally wrong. So yes, I definitely bailed on that decision to do it because I listened to him, but then I definitely bailed on him and got rid of him, you know, <laughs> as quickly as I possibly could. Um, so sometimes it's the people in your life that, that cause you to want to bail and you make the wrong decision. I think what you have to do is always listen to your inner voice, especially if you know who you are at a certain point in your career and you feel like, uh, no, this is not going to work or, oh my gosh, it's working with a great actor or it's working on a great character or it's working at a great location. And even if it doesn't turn out the way you wanted it to, there's some life lesson or something that you've pulled into your life for some reason that you're benefiting from. So, you know? re so really, at the end of the day, the reason why that decision got made wrongly for you, and you, I think you thought you bailed on the wrong thing, was that you actually weren't really listening to yourself. You were listening to someone else. Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, and after a while, you have to listen to that inner voice. And we know sometimes, you know, we cloud it and everything else we, with the noise it distracts us. But if you've been in a, a business for a long time, there's that gut feeling. And sometimes you do things, you know, Dave, I love that all of your segments have be like your name, because my number one theory, and I've had it since I was a teenager, it's the the uh, the key to your life is how well you deal with plan B. Because plan A is what you hope for, you dream about, you gear up for, but then B happens and you can either be dragged kicking and screaming into B or you can say, hmm, what's around this corner? What's going to give me a better opportunity? Every major thing that happened to me in my life from, you know, uh, from taxi to writing books to Michael, my third and final husband, all the great things of my life have been plan B. So, you know, you just kind of learn to listen to your vo inner voice when it comes to ex embracing plan B. And I agree wholeheartedly, and I think that's a, that's a good lesson. Let's talk about books. You've written several. Uh, that had to be a buyer bail decision. So you've written 10 books, right? Tell us about how you even got into even thinking you wanted to do that and what the decision process was uh, for a few of them, maybe. 
Okay. So what happened was um, I went to dinner one night with, I always wanted, knew that I wanted to write and I always kept diaries and I was always writing things. I was a good writer in high school and college. And so I was out to dinner with the head of uh, William Morris at the time. And he said to me, you've had such an interesting life. I want you to write a book. I'm going to introduce you to Judith Regan, who is over at uh, HarperCollins. So I went to, uh, I mean, to Simon & Schuster. So I went over to... Um, uh, Simon and Schuster, and start and and she and I went to dinner, and I was on the Letterman show that night. She came to Letterman with me. We were supposed to have dinner, like an early dinner. No, it was lunch. We were supposed to have lunch. Then I was doing Letterman. We did not leave each other until like midnight. And by the end of of the time, we were like talking, talking, talking. She said, "You have to write a book." So I started writing a book. In the middle of it, she left Simon and Schuster and ended up getting her own imprint. Uh, yeah, Simon and Schuster. She got, ended up with her own imprint. So then I went with her to her new imprint. Um, and so each for, book so for is you, like having a child. So if I interject. So for you, really, there was a connected relationship that took you down the path. That's how you knew it was right. In this case, you know. I really believe that you don't become a success in this business until, and I say this with quotes, someone falls in love with you. Someone has to be your champion. Someone has to believe in you. Someone has to take a chance on you. And, you know, they don't fall in love with you romantically, but they fall in love with your idea, the ideas that you have or something that you feel in your heart you're connected to. I think authenticity is probably the most important thing in any business. And you have to, that gut feeling that tells you this is what I want and I can handle it. So I think she and I became very good friends. I became godmother to her, her son. And I, I think that she took a chance on me and the, you know, the books started just coming one right after the other. I was doing the Broadway show Chicago and wrote a book about health and would be, you know, putting on eyelashes going the evils of dairy products as I was recording in a little microphone <laughs> and then would go to an office afterwards and type it out. My boys were very little then. They were a year and a half and three. And uh, the book came out and it went on the New York Times bestseller list like that. And it was shocking because, but I think it was because it was a real story. I think that, you know, being genuine really reads through to the public. And what was the title of that book? That one was a total health makeover. That's a great book. Yeah. I've read that book. Thank you. Yeah, I read. I, it sold well over a million copies. I got a certificate and everything. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, you know, one of uh, it's funny. It keeps coming up. So you know, it's funny when there's something weaving through your program all the time. Sure. And, and uh, all the uh, the smart people that I've had conversations with, they all kind of say this, and you just did. And I call it a brisk bit, and uh, it flashes up, which is find people you really like to do business with or love to do business with, and do more business with them. And it sounds yes. like you've found that happening throughout your career as well. Absolutely. I've been with the same agent for a long time. He started as uh, my agent's assistant, and we've just gone from place to place. And I actually, right now, I have about six different agents because I work with four different agencies for different things. But I, you know, you, you work, you find people you love and you, you create relationships. I'm all about family anyway. And so, you know, I'm always trying to turn everything into a family, whether it's the taxi guys or you and Sunshine or my own family or even my ex-husband's families. So I, you know, I feel like you've got to find people that you, and may bring out the best in you because then it's like one plus one equals three. I mean, not, you know, it's kind of hard to say that 
mathematic equation in like a business thing, but it really does because there's something else in it. Well, actually, you know, it's, kind of heart. it's actually a perfect thing to say because when you're making these types of decisions or you're looking to merge a business together, at the end of the day, if one plus one just gets you to two, then you're not able to leverage other assets. So you really want it to be one plus one equals three, right, at the end of the day. Yeah. So uh, yeah, it's, yeah. A, it's a good business term. And I think most strong business people are looking for those types of relationships to come together to give you a greater strength together than you would be yeah. separately, right? And that's when we know we're, we've got good, uh, good business opportunities. So you've mm -hmm. done the book writing, you've been on Broadway, um, you've done so many different things, um, but what, is there one thing that you really, it's just your passion more than another? Um, well, I do love writing, I, and my kids, of course, and my husband, but our great passions. But I think I, I still want to create, I still want to originate a very, really meaty, dramatic role, because I've never gotten to do that on a television series. And the one time that I played a villain, I loved it. And she doesn't have to be a villain, but she just has to have something very dramatic at stake and some very, you know, I mean, I love comedy, believe me, it's so fabulous. I, or I'd love to do another taxi kind of thing, you know, where you've got an ensemble piece, it's a, it's, you're shooting in front of a live audience, you create a little play throughout the, uh, the, the week, and then you put it on in front of people, and you're lucky enough to have it recorded. You, so I love that. You know, and that, I love Broadway. You that, know, so. I know you, uh, and I've seen you on Broadway, you're amazing. I, I wanted Thank to you. bring that up. You know, you talked about, and I can see why you might want that ensemble piece or the taxi, because my goodness, that cast of Tony Danza and um, Danny, Danny DeVito, DeVito, oh my yeah. goodness, and, and that whole crew, what a, I, actually all of you have had incredible careers. Uh, do you yeah. keep Everybody's still folks? working. Everybody. We were all on a Zoom call because it was Jim Brooks who created the show and created The Simpsons. We were on a Zoom call with him last Saturday, all, all of us, all six of us, and Jim, and Jim, so there were seven of us on. And everybody's working. Everybody looks great. Al, uh, uh, Judd was saying, we should just do taxi again. <laughs> but people keep saying we'd have to call it Uber. But, yeah. <laughs> that, that is absolutely right. Well, that is, that is good. And I imagine that camaraderie that you get in a uh, kind of a weekly show is different yeah. than probably anything it's, else that you've done. That's kind of cool, especially yeah. that crew. And I think, I think you always have to be reinventing yourself. I mean, I'm, you know, it's, it's a business, and you have to always ch check in with yourself. What is the commodity I'm selling now? How can I be the best version of myself so that I can do the kind of parts that I want to do, so I can present myself you know, in, in the proper way so that I am representing what it is that I want to say to the world in my to my characters. Absolutely. So listen, believe it or not, this goes by quick. You know why? Because we know each other well. And you yes. know what? You're very, very interesting and easy to listen Thank to. You. So this concludes uh, the segment of Brisk Buyer Bail. And we're going to come back with Brisk Bulls and Bears and dig a little bit into the public end of the business. We'll be back on Brisky Business in a minute.